On the show today, Rich and I discuss the state of cable and streaming, plus we enjoy a refreshing cocktail. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the February 19th, 2024 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, it is... Um, Interesting to be a TV watcher these days. It was said that at one point, not long ago, we were in the golden age of television. That was something that a lot of the the pens in L.A. and New York like to talk about all the time. The golden age of television, where all the TV was awesome and there was so much of it. And now I feel like we're going the complete opposite direction. (laughs) And some of that comes from uh, sort of this changing face of what TV is. When you and I were growing up, it was the early days of cable. You had a a box tethered to your TV or perhaps a remote, and all of TV was on that cable, and you paid, you know, what, $12.99 a month or whatever, and you got all that TV. You could add things later like HBO or Showtime or whatever, but for a long time, it was just you paid a certain thing a month, and you got television, and it was all of it, and it was great. And you could watch just about anything you wanted. There ended up being like hundreds of channels. You only watched a handful of them, but you got a ton of them. Um, Then came streaming. And at first, it was like we lived in the world of like Netflix and Hulu, where if you wanted to watch something on streaming, it was on one of those two things. So you only had to pay for a couple things to stream everything you wanted. And that started a lot of people saying like, well, why would I pay for cable and streaming? So they started not paying for cable and they just started paying for streaming. And then all the companies in Hollywood were like, well, wait a minute. Why will I give Netflix all my cool shows and movies when I can do it myself? And so now we've gotten to the stage where everyone has a streaming service for everything. And there are a bazillion of them. And um, it has become a mess and it has become really a recreation of cable, but worse because it's more expensive and it's more fractured and it's more difficult to watch things. The last thing that is keeping cable as you and I have known it most of our lives alive is sports. And recently uh, ESPN, Fox and Warner, which owns like TNT and TBS, which shows like March Madness and NASCAR, got together and decided, hey, we're doing our own streaming sports service. All of our sports, including the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, NASCAR, uh, March Madness, baseball, all of that stuff is going to be available through one streaming service where you can watch all of it. And that, I think, is going to be the end of cable. But, Rich, I have to ask, are we better now or worse than when we, we were kids. We are absolutely worse than we were. This this topic arose because I texted you because I recently cut the cable. I was a hold on for a long time, but I went into the Verizon store over the summer to get one of my kids a phone and they were like, hey, your house is eligible for our 5G internet service, unlimited data, for 50 bucks a month. I had been paying $100 a month for not unlimited data and it wasn't the best internet service in the world, but it was the only option I had. So I'm like, all right, 
let me give this a shot because it's half the price. And, you know, I was skeptical because it was 5G, but then it ended up being just as good as my $100 internet. So I cut the cord. The problem with that was because the cable company has a monopoly, they won't let you use their equipment on any other internet service providers. So that's when I was pushed into the world of streaming and I hate it because to your point, it's so many subscriptions, everything's on a different service, but particularly with sports, which is why I had kept cable for so long. It's just a cluster. So I get the, the Disney bundle through Verizon. So I've got ESPN plus, but you know what ESPN plus doesn't have? It doesn't have ESPN 2, 3, the Ocho, ESPNU. So when you're a, a fan of a team that's not great, as I am in the Arkansas Razorbacks, they're often carried on these other ESPN channels. I had gone with Fubo, which I still have. It was one of those things where I signed up at my parents' Airbnb over Thanksgiving to watch Thanksgiving Day football. I forgot to cancel within the free uh, preview period. I cut the cable. And so I was like, I'll just keep this. And I will see these games listed. Arkansas is playing on ESPNU. It's not on Fubo. It's not on ESPN plus, which means I can't watch my local team on TV. All I can do is look on Google and watch the score update. It's I want cable back. Okay, so I think you will be served, at least in that particular example, yes. by the sports pack that's coming. Now, what's interesting about this is that ESPN also entirely separately is going to offer ESPN and all its assorted channels streaming all on its own. And supposedly Fox is looking at doing something similar, and both of them has, have said that there will be things on those services that are not on the giant package service. So, again, we might be in a situation <laughs> where you still don't get everything you want. But that begs the question, how did we get here? Because it seems like all people want to do is turn on a TV and watch what they want to watch. And that used to be a simple act, and now it is incredibly complicated and you look at something like the nfl for instance so uh, the most watched television event every year is almost entirely the nfl like if you look at like the top 10 list it's almost entirely football games um, as our friend ben dominish pointed out recently like it is the the one monolith left in our culture the nfl is just that powerful but what's weird is that like they've started even spreading those around to different services so there is a Thursday night game that is on Amazon Prime. And I have to say, it is the worst television experience <laughs> for football. Generally, it's a really crappy game to begin with, but it's just poorly done, and it's it's it seems dirty that you're watching on Amazon. You're like, what? this is where I order, like, crap for the house, not watch sports. Anyway, it seems bizarre. Um, but this year, during the playoffs, the NFL took it one step further. And... They gave a playoff wild card game for the eventual uh, the eventual Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs to Peacock, which is the NBC streaming service that no one watches. Like 
Like there are five people who watch Peacock and the, and the NFL decided to give it to Peacock. And the uproar was enormous because people are like, why do I have to buy into this stupid streaming service to watch a game I want to watch? Why can't I just turn on my TV and watch it? It, it sort of takes me back to um, Steve Jobs, who uh, we lost too soon. And Steve said that he wanted things at Apple to just work. He wanted it to just work. And I feel like TV doesn't work anymore. Like, it's become incredibly complicated. You used to sit down on your couch, pick up a remote, turn on your TV, and bam, there's everything you wanted. Now it's like you got to log into this different shit, and oh my God, you have to update the app, and and oh, it will, what what app is that show on? You got to pull up your phone and search. Like, oh, I want to watch ER. Well, well, what service is that on? It's a pain in the ass. It used to just be you turn on your TV, and bam, there was TV. Like, how did we get here? I don't know, because it's awful. Uh, to just cover a few of the points you brought up, you get a lot of variability in the quality of the feed, depending on which oh, yeah. service you're watching on. There's the whole pain in the ass process of going through your smart TV or your fire stick and getting to the app. There's the fact that you periodically just get logged out of different devices. And in my house, there are five of us and I am the keeper of the login. So periodically I get these text messages, hey, what's the password to this? What's the login? And I don't keep all that shit memorized. Whereas when it was cable, they could have just turned it on and watched. It wouldn't be this whole thing. And I, it, it's, I don't know how we got here. I think part of it is people end up signing up for the free preview to, to binge whatever show and they forget and they just end up paying for months of some service. But, you know, and, and to your point, and we've discussed this before, a lot of the quality is not there, which was something else that Ben pointed yes. out during the writer's strike was what if the numbers came out and these people were owed even less than they thought they should be owed because nobody's watching these new streaming TV shows. Like there's not a whole lot that's coming on right now that I'm like, Ooh, I got to watch that. The shows I do watch are on like stars or HBO, but those are relatively cheap. Like I did a year subscription to HBO max or sorry, just max, which is still the most bizarre rebrand in history. You're yes. going to take a name that's already associated with another service and a year subscription to max was, I think $200. And I was like, man, I don't really want to spend this $200. But then I compared it to Netflix, which is not great. And Netflix is $300 a year. It yeah. And that's the thing. Like it has become exceedingly expensive to watch television. And it baffles me because we, we used to get great shows for your money, right? So you brought up HBO. HBO was like the home of awesome TV, right? You wanted a great show. You wanted Sopranos, HBO. You wanted The Wire, HBO. You wanted Band of Brothers, HBO. You wanted Game of Thrones, HBO. Like it used to be the, the place to be. And, and so I was fine with paying for that. But as you mentioned, it got sucked up by uh, Discovery and Time Warner and Discovery merged. And they took what was HBO Max, which was my favorite app, the one I used the most, combined it with all the crap like Dr. Pimple Popper on Discovery, and now it's this just amalgam of mush. 
on Max, and it's hard to find what you want to watch. So this morning, for instance, I had a hankering to watch Hunt for Red October, which is one of my favorite movies. It's aged so well. Uh, it's a great film, great cast. And I was pretty sure it was on Max. But to find it, you have to sort through all the crap, like ghost mysteries and, and as I mentioned, Dr. Pimple Pop. Like, who the fuck wants to watch that to begin with? Like, that's just disturbing. Anyway, like, you, to find what you want now is even harder because you have to sort through all the crap. So, like, I kind of wonder, are we going to get to a point where the pendulum swings the other direction and this is easier? Because, like, one of the, for instance, one of the things that you signed up for uh, streaming was to get rid of all the ads, right? Because TV had become a point where it was like a 30-minute episode of a show was actually 16 minutes. The other 14 minutes was just ads. And so when you got to streaming, it was like, oh, great. Well, I'm okay with spending $9.99 a month if it means I never have to watch an ad again. But now you spend, uh, as you mentioned, $300 a year for Netflix, for Netflix, and they want you to watch ads. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I already give you all this money. Why do I then have to sit through ads as well? I thought, like, we got away from this. Well, I'm already upset during the days of cable. I was already upset during the days of cable when they would put their logo in the corner. It's like, I am paying you. You don't need to put HBO in the corner periodically. And so now to bring back ads, I just upgraded my Amazon account to avoid ads. But even the apps themselves now, you open your app and it takes you to a screen that's an ad for some show they want you to watch. And it's like, just take me to the list. And they all design to be as unusable as possible. Like you were saying, trying to find Hunt, Red, Hunt for Red October. You're, you've got to look here and there. And it's so counterintuitive the way these things are 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 organized and designed it's just an awful user experience but right now it's what we're kind of locked into yeah and it really baffles me because i would think from the customer service angle you would want to make watching television an enjoyable experience so that more people would do it because as hollywood is learning particularly with with younger kids like our children's generation they're much more likely to just watch something on youtube or uh, Twitter or whatever it's called now, um, or TikTok or whatever. Like the, they'll just consume media that way in, in these little like short blips instead of sitting down and watching something. You know why in part they do that? Because it's easier. Like it's just not easy to watch TV anymore. It's, it's not a pleasurable experience. It's not an experience that makes you say, I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV today. No, that's, that's hard. So if you, unless you have a service, like, uh, like I pay for YouTube TV so I can get all my news and everything. That is as close to easy TV as, as you can get these days. And it's even still not great. Um, but that's about as close as you get. And it just baffles me that for a medium that has become so part of, of the world's culture that we've really screwed it up so royally uh, over the last decade. Yeah. And... Since you mentioned kids, I'm sure you've experienced this with yours. Your kids will want to watch some movie. You know, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But you'll go through all of your 15 streaming services, and it's not offered on any of them. And then you still have to pay $4 to rent it from Prime so that your kids can watch this movie. And 
it, it, it's not going to pull in new viewers. You know, they already have shorter attention spans. But even if you start to try to lure them, like my kids love movies, but it just turns into this giant pain in the ass. So they give up and they're not watching. And who knows if they'll become subscribers when they're out on their own. Well, and that's the thing. Like you go to all the trouble to find the movie your kid wants to watch. And you have to cycle through like three or four different services. Like, oh, oh well, I thought it was on Netflix. No, it's not on Netflix anymore. Because as w- what we didn't mention is that things come and go from all these services. So once you finally find it, you're right, on on uh, a Prime. And you pay like $6.99 for it forever or, or for, um, for your kids to watch. Um, they have like 24 hours to watch it. And by that point, your kids have become disinterested and they're in the other room. And you're like, no, no, no. I paid $6.99 <laughs> for this damn thing. You're going to sit down and watch the thing. Like, I've already paid for it. I- I'm not losing that money. Because you just get so frustrated that it's taken that long to find what you wanted. It's 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 baffling to me. It just seems like a very poor experience. Yeah. And, and so I wonder if what's going to happen is at some point, some remaining media mogul is going to somehow negotiate a power deal to offer you the streaming bundle where you get YouTube TV and Disney plus and max and this and that. And you pay a couple hundred dollars a month to get access to all of the streaming services on one platform, which would be such a revolutionary idea, you know, that we used to have for decades. Yeah. It's funny. Like it's, you're, you're recreating the wheel (laughs) baffling. It might drive you to drink, which brings us to uh, the second part of the show. Um, You found a great cocktail this time that I think is wonderfully refreshing. So it's starting to warm up a little bit uh, across the, uh, across the country. And uh, like, it's supposed to be 80 here next week. Um, And sometimes you want something that's refreshing, but that, that packs a punch. And you found one with one of the greatest names ever, and that's the Italian Greyhound. Walk us through it. So I came across this on Instagram. I guess, you know, I'm a kid out there consuming short-form uh, video content myself. Uh, from this woman, I, I, I'm going to do a Substack on it, but I believe it's Likeable Cocktails is her handle. And the Italian Greyhound is one that apparently has a ton of different uh, recipes online, Since I found it via her, I'm using her recipe or used her recipe and it was delicious. It's uh, one and a half ounces of gin, a half ounce of Aperol, half ounce of simple syrup, 1.5 ounces of fresh grapefruit juice and a half ounce of fresh lime juice. You throw that all in your elevated craft cocktail shaker with some ice, shake it up real well, and then pour it over fresh ice. Uh, you might want to double strain it if a little bit of grapefruit pulp was going to bother you. I didn't. I'm not that particular, and I'm not serving at a bar, so I don't have to worry that much about presentation. But it was delicious. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, if you wanted to adjust it a little bit and get a little bit more of the bitterness from the grapefruit juice and the Aperol, you could take the simple syrup down to a quarter ounce or maybe even root remove it all together. And I could see this as being a cocktail that you could batch up and do, you know, a jug of it for a party, you know, your 4th of July party or something like that, because it was just delightful and I can't recommend it enough. That's exactly what I thought of was when you have people over for like that first summer party, this is a great thing to make a big old jug of and just have like a little spigot on it. 
and be like, hey, go grab yourself a cocktail. I made a whole bunch of them over there. Um, this this sounds perfect for that. Definitely agree. The only downside is it is so drinkable, it could be a dangerous one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that kind of party. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Uh, we now understand how frustrating watching TV is, but we have a good drink to deal with it. As always, Rich, thanks much. Hey, thank you, Brad.